Tuesday, and then we'll bring up our offering. Um, I asked the Lord, what do you want to talk about? And he led me to Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. And it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And it's like, wait a minute. If I give you the possessions and the first fruit of my increase, won't that make my barn less full and my vat a little bit more empty? But the Lord's like, no, that's not the way it works. Who owns it all anyway? The Lord does. And he wants to bless us and he wants us to have increase in our lives. And the only way I know to do that is to honor the word of God and do what he says to do. Because I've tried it both ways and it works better. That's the truth. That's the truth. But uh, I really want to encourage you uh, to, uh, to give and give with the right heart. Give with the heart that says, thank you, Lord. We honor you with our gifts and our offerings that we know it's all yours anyway. But thank you for giving me something to give. And um, that's our prayer. Tracy and I, it wasn't as easy when I first started. That's one of the first things that told me I'm a real Christian when I began to give money. In, into the kingdom, it was there. My heart was attached to it. I got to be honest with that, and I was very aware of what I was giving. And it was, it was like, oh, it was a little bit uncomfortable. But as we've done that more, the Lord will absolutely add joy to your giving. And a lot of you know that they're like, yeah, that's good. It is truly better to give than re than to receive. It really is. All right, let's pray and let's honor the Lord. Lord, we honor you with our gifts, with our tithes and our offerings. Lord, thank you that you've given us something to give. Thank you that all around us, Lord, you'll highlight people. You'll give us assignments. You'll, you'll tell us about good causes, Lord, that we can uh, sow into that are on your heart. Lord, thank you that it's not just one of us doing all this, but it's your whole body giving that really makes it work. And, um, Lord, you said that where our treasure is, our heart will be there also. So, Lord, let our, let our treasure be in heaven. Let our hearts be with you um, today. And we thank you for everything you're doing and everything you will do. And we trust you, Lord. And, Lord, Jesus Christ, it's your name that we pray in. Amen. If you would, just uh, go ahead and bring your offering up and put it in the box and uh, hug somebody on the way. Here, baby. <clears throat> Thank you. Jeff has an announcement. All right. Um, everybody say Wednesday. Wednesday. 
Uh, say it again in a little bit more unison. One, two, three. Okay. Seven o'clock on Wednesday at 4307 Alpha Road, our actual church home, home base, landing pad of awesomeness. YNG is starting up in back at home. So if you are 13 to 30 or uh, you identify with that age range, <laughs> you are welcome to come. <laughs> to come on, on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to have food and games and all that stuff beforehand and um, really just minister to the heart of the Lord. So, Excellent. Who identifies with that? Throw your hand up. Look at that. All of the sage wisdom people raise their hands. Okay, uh, we're going to be closed on uh, Tuesday, July 4th. Uh, enjoy the holiday with your families. It'll be an awesome time. And then um, we want to encourage you, uh, on, on Thursday night, this Thursday night, we have a guest speaker. How many have heard of Jamie Galloway? Have you? Quite a few, yeah? Okay, um, prophetic, evangelistic. Uh, Supernatural Revol uh, Revolution was one of his books. He's the author of that. He appeared in a docu the documentary Holy Ghost. Good friend of Randy Clark's, Jim Gall, Doug Addison, and others. Um, we have had some amazing speakers through here lately. Like, uh, how many um, how many enjoyed Godem on Thursday? Wow, that's power. And we've got history with him. Uh, we've known him for 20 years or more. Uh, there are some people that are coming through here that are real generals in, in, this, in the kingdom of God. Anyway, uh, come and be blessed and bring your friends. I mean, every, every seat ought to be full for that. Tracy, would you come? <clears throat> oh, you want this? <laughs> no. No, sorry. Tracy, pray for me. No, I'll pray for you. Uh, let's reach out your hand, Tracy. Tracy, uh, Lord, we thank you for Tracy. She's... She's my little joy. She's my, just my amazing uh, life partner, Lord. And I, I thank you so much for her. I thank you that, that she seeks you in all things. And so would you bless her? Lord, I pray that as she brings her message, it will bless us, all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good evening. How's everybody doing? Happy Fourth of July. Listen, I really want to encourage everybody, if you have an opportunity, go over to the new building and uh, walk around it seven times. And if you have a shofar, we did this. It was really a lot of fun. Right? Um, so get that shofar out. I've got a shofar. I've got an app on my phone that's a shofar app. And it's awesome. So we were just going around the building. And we we're blowing like doo, 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 the shofar app. And we felt so cool. And praying in tongues and prophesying over this building. And uh, some of our uh, guys that are working there were like, they'd watch us walk by. And then about five minutes later, they'd watch us walk by again. I was, I'm sure that we were a sight. But um, anyway, it's real easy to get into. Uh, we kind of keep it open. There's a key above the door on one side. There's nothing in there. You, there's nothing you can take unless you want to take a brick. Okay, everything else, I mean, but, you know, just go ahead and go in, tour it. it it'll be great. Bless it, but most of all, prophesy over that place that we will have favor with the city of Farmer's Branch. Thank you. Also, God bless America. Okay, so 
I'm very excited about this morning. I just have this word burning in me, and, um, and the word is staying in the will of God. The number one thing that the enemy wants to do is he wants to get you out of that road. You know, God has a plan and a purpose, like, for everybody. Like, you were born, and the, the story of your life, that book, um, it says that, um, that there are several books in heaven, and all of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of God, and he's going to pull out the book of life to go, yes, you're a believer. You have, I see the blood of my son on you, in you. Here's your name. And then it says that he's also going to pull out the books, which is plural. So he's going to look at the book of your life and say, here are the things that were written about you, for you. It's within your DNA. It's the thing that um, it creates that desire for you to do the things that God has called you to do. And so you walk along that pathway and you walk along that road. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to get you out of the will of God and get you into the will of, for me, Tracy or somebody else's will, okay? And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to, um, and we're going to talk about this because I want everybody to stay in their lane and not let the enemy take you out of your lane. Turn to Matthew 4, where Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Matthew 4. Turn your iPhones to Matthew 4. Um, now, um, we're going to start in verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, okay, now Jesus had been, here he is in the wilderness, and I went out um, in the wilderness while I was in Israel, and guess what? It looks like the wilderness. I mean, it's a desert, you know, it, there, it's dry, there's not a whole lot there, so he's fasting for 40 days. I don't know how many of you have fasted for 40 days, but that's pretty hard to do. You know, so there he is. He's in the wilderness. He's fasting for 40 days. And then the enemy comes in, okay? So now, the, now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered, Jesus answered, and he said this, It is written, Man not, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so what he was saying is, listen, you're in lack right now. And, and, and you're hurting. You are physically in pain. So that means that monetarily you could be in pain. Um, um, there's, there's a deficit in your life. And it could be anything. It could be um, um, people coming against you. It could be um, a marriage issue, a relational issue, a health issue. But you're feeling the pain of the wilderness. You are physically feeling the pain of the wilderness and it's you know and you're like I can't go to the right or the left what am I going to do and so what we do as Christians is we constantly try to plot and plan an escape route isn't there like a door or something that's going to get me out of this pain because I'd really like to take a detour out of the place that I am so that I can escape how I feel or as Dory would say escape (laughs) Look, I can read. Anyway, okay, so the second thing that the enemy did 
is he said to him in verse 6, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, It is written, again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And so what the, another way that the enemy comes in and tries to get you out of God's will is he begins to test you in your identity. And he says, listen, if you're the son of God, I want you to prove to me that you're a son. Well, you know, you want me to do something that the Lord never asked me to do. And so you want me to get out here and perform. Now, remember, they did this to Jesus. The Pharisees kept, came to Jesus and said the same thing. If you are whoever, if you're this guy, I want you now, I want you to start proving it to us through signs and wonders. And Jesus wouldn't do it. He wasn't taking the bait. Why? Because he said, I only do what I see my father doing and I only say what I hear my father saying. So Jesus was fully submitted, not to his own will, but to the will of the father. And so he responds to the enemy, and he says, listen, I'm, I don't have to prove anything to you. I am fully established in the, in the word of God, and you're not going to tempt me to get outside of that. So again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone you shall serve. And so the enemy constantly wants to come in and he wants to get us out of the will of God by telling us there's actually something more out there. If you'll just come over here, and it's the same thing that the snake did in the garden to Eve, who was fully the, made in the image of God. She actually lacked nothing. But the enemy will come in and say, you know what? You don't have it all. There's actually more. And if you'll follow me and if you'll start getting outside of the will of God, then you can actually have more of what God is keeping from you which is such an incredibly dangerous place to go. And I tell you this because the enemy is always roaming around and trying to get us out of the will, that, of the place and the purposes that God has created us to stand. And that's why Paul said in Ephesians, you have to put on the full armor of God and you have to continue to stand in the place that God has you and you have to stand in a way that you can, that you can resist the works of the enemy. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 7, verse 21. So Jesus is... is um, He's talking, and I love, I love all of Matthew um, where he's, he's, um, he's talking from the Mount of, um, the, through the Beatitudes, and he's up on the mountain, and he's preaching. And I love the whole thing. I mean, this whole book, chapters 5 through 7, I just, I just meditate on this all the time, which I really encourage you to do, because Jesus is really setting a foundation of the gospel in these seven chapters, which are so needed for us to continue to be a good tree that is planted by a, a, a stream of living water. 
And he says this in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, God's will is God's word. And because we're charismatic, we focus on the power and the, and the gifts and the anointing because those are the things that we can see. If I pray for you and, I, and, and, you're, and you're healed, you're going to be healed by the word of God, right? So these are the things that are so exciting. But, beloved, I'm telling you, we absolutely have to be people of the word and the spirit in this hour because if we're only people of the spirit, then, then we will be deceived and carried away. Because he's very clearly says, listen, you are functioning and operating in the anointing, which I'm going to die for, and that's a free gift. But I'm looking at the ones that have, that have said, I am staying in my Father's will. I'm going to stay in the will that God has for me, and I'm not going to let anything move me out of this place. And the only thing that's going to keep us in the will of God is going to be established firmly in the word of God. First, the written word. Second, the spoken word. I am telling you, I have seen this over and over and over again, especially in the charismatic communities. Jesus told us to pray his will in our lives as it is in heaven. He didn't say, I want you to pray for a greater anointing. He didn't say, I want you to pray for more gifts. He said, I want you to pray that my will would be done in your lives, that you would be firmly rooted and established in love. And if you really do a deep dive in the word, what you're going to see is the very thing that Jesus is after. And a mature tree produces what? fruit and he's after trees oaks of righteousness he's after leaders and an army of God who are all walking trees of righteousness and the place that we get deceived is that there are actually two trees operating one the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the other the tree of life and so we get a little confused because they're both trees and so we like well it's a tree yeah, but what's that tree producing? What kind of life is that tree producing? Because I've seen over and over people chasing after trees that don't have fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Word of God. So, what's he after? Because if he's after us to become oaks of righteousness... He's after us beginning to look like him. And so the mature Christian is the Christian that actually won't be swayed about by every doctrine, but actually is rooted in love and rooted in the word. And so then our branches begin to extend and they begin to go out. And people then, then God says, he begins to, 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 to uh, blow the shofar 
probably, and, and, and begins to call people to come up under your branches. They begin to eat of the fruit that you're producing because it's good fruit, and it's going to cause them to grow. Did you know, I heard Rick Pino say this recently, did you know that in an apple, you can count how many seeds are in an apple? Did you know that? But you can't count how many trees are in a seed. And so, the, the, so what is, is it, he's looking for you to produce is limitless. There is no, you want to go high, you go high being rooted and grounded in love. If you want to grow in the things of God, you grow according to the word of God and let the word of God cause us to grow and become strong. And I can tell you that what what I've seen over and over is that the enemy comes in and wants to get us out of our place and wants to get us out of our position because if they can remove us out of our position, then guess what? There's a hole in that wall. And the place that we have now abdicated allows the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in the, in the place that we have been called to stand. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And on this law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Now, here in, in, in chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, he says this. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he that does the will of my Father in heaven. So here's what he's saying to us. You wanna, what you want to do is you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because there are, there is a, there's resources in the kingdom of heaven that then you can tap into and you will prosper in this place. Rick Joyner said this in his book, The Final Quest. He showed a mountain that uh, believers were ascending. Now, how many of you want to ascend the hill of the Lord? Okay, this is us. Access heaven, transform earth. I mean, I want to ascend the hill of the Lord. I want to go to the highest of heights. I want to go up, go up, go up, go up, go up. And I don't want to be stopped. I don't want to be slowed down. I want to, I want to, how high, how far, how deep, how wide. Misty Edwards said, Father, will you let me go? And it's the cry of every heart. We are, there's a holy unsatisfaction that we all have. There's a desire for more of Jesus. We want to have more of you, Jesus. We want to live lives that, that make a difference in the world. We want you to mark us in a way that others see Jesus on us and we're doing his will in the earth, right? Well, Rick Joyner said this. He, sh- he was shown a mountain that believers were ascending. And he said this. Um, as they began to go up, they began to go up the mountain. But don't you know that a mountain peak actually becomes more narrow. It gets higher the higher you go. It actually gets higher and uh, steeper. And so he saw that while at the bottom and the base of the mountain were people who were 
just saved and they were loving their time in salvation and and but you had the more mature believers who were beginning to ascend the hill of the lord and they were beginning to go up and and there was a level that they got to and it was so narrow that a lot of people said hey i'm not going to bring this really cumbersome sword with me because it's too heavy for me to carry on this level and so they got up on that level, and he said that he, he didn't even really think about it. And, and this is a, an experience that he was having with the Lord, but it really speaks to the issue of, the, of what I'm talking about. Um, he, he said that he almost didn't even think about bringing the sword with him, but he kind of as an afterthought, he thought, well, I, maybe I should bring that with me. Now, the sword is the word of God. Okay, so he's got this sword, and he carries it with him, and he actually used the sword to anchor him. He tied his belt around it, and it anchored him on that level. And so when the enemy, when he began to try to throw arrows of truth at people to set the captives free and to do the things that the Lord had called him to do, he noticed that he started to slip because it was so narrow, so he started to fall. But what happened is this, this, this sword that had anchored him in place kept him at that level. It saved him from falling down. And he said there were other people that just left the sword because it was too difficult to carry it on this level. They actually fell down several levels. And he said some of them fell to the very bottom of the mountain. Beloved, do you hear what I'm saying to you? That it is the word of God that as we ascend and we get more uh, mature in the things of the spirit, we, we have to be anchored with the sword of the Lord. Because it's a very thing that keeps us from deception and it keeps us anchored and rooted so that we can continue to grow. Rick Joyner said this, spiritual maturity is always determined by our willingness to sacrifice our own desires for the interest of the kingdom and for the sake of others. The door that requires the most sacrifice to enter will always take us to the highest level. And here's the thing. Here's the truth. I mean, life is, um, there's just a lot of landmines out there, even along the road that you're walking on. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about uh, he, uh, 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 of running and doing life with the Lord, that he gives us dreams, he shows us, he warns us, he helps to encourage us along the way, and he's like, hey, listen, warning, there's kind of a landmine coming, so you guys need to get into prayer, and then when it hits, you don't want to be discouraged, because I, I, I'm not surprised by this. I want you to know I, I saw it coming. It's going to be okay. And so he communicates to us in that way so that we don't get discouraged, right? So we stay in the plans and the purposes of God and that we don't get taken out of the place that he um, has for us. Um, now, there's three things that are going to take you out of the will of God. Number one, sin. Sin will take you out of the will of God. And so when you're in sin, the very thing you want to do is you want to hide away from God and you want to, um, um, you, you, you're like, well, God is here, but I'm going to go this way, right? The second thing is rebellion. And um, rebellion is basically I don't want to submit to God's earthly authority. 
You know, I don't want to, and that's really hard, especially in this generation, because it's a generation of fatherlessness. So a lot of people don't really understand how to live in family, and they don't understand um, what it is to have um, faithful fathers and mothers who say yes, but sometimes say no. And the no doesn't mean I'm resisting you, and the no doesn't mean I don't love you, but the no just means you're not ready for that yet. And, and, and the no may mean what you're doing is actually hurting you. And so I need to pull you back and, and help you in this season so that you can continue to grow and you don't have to get defeated by the enemy. Okay, number three, an unsanctified soul life. When you're not led by the spirit of God, but you are led by your mind, your will, and your emotions, and not God. So, so you're saying, well, I feel this, thus it must be true. Let me just tell you, that's not true. What has God said, and what has God said? And the fourth is wonderlust, having a lust after wonder. What if, and, and saying, well, is the grass greener over here? The grass might be greener over here. Well, did God say to go over there? No, but I just think the grass might be greener over there. Well, again, you have to do what the Lord is telling you to do, because if the Lord hasn't released you to go, how can you go? You can't go. Let me tell you, every day I want to go. When it gets hard, you're like, well, okay, where's, where's that door? How can I exit this? Because I'm not having a whole lot of fun right now, and it's hard. But when it gets hard, that's the beauty of the tree. Because when it gets hard, your root systems are going to start looking for water. You see, in the Western world, here's what we want. We want fast food. And we want the harvest. And we want to live in the harvest. It's like we want the mountain experience 24-7. We don't really want anything other than that. But there are actually four seasons for a tree. There are going to be four seasons in your life, and they're going to repeat themselves over and over and over. That's the good news and kind of the bad news. And the first season is the season of spring. And that's the season of the seed, where the seed gets sown. And the next season is the season of summer where you're cultivating the seed and the sun is, is coming down and it's hot and you're having to labor to cultivate the seed. The third season is the season of harvest. Feast of tabernacles. Woo! We love that. So we're all having a good time. It's harvest time. Woo! Well, guess what? And then you roll right into winter. Nobody likes winter, where all of the leaves fall off of the trees. And it's the time to start pruning. Why? What happens during winter? Because you look at that tree, and you're like, well, that tree looks dead. How many of you have those trees in your front yard, and you're like, why didn't I get an evergreen tree that the leaves never fall off of? So it's like year-round. I've got that tree that looks dead in my front yard, and... And you look at it and you think, there's no way that tree's coming back. It looks dead, like dead, 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 dead. Like you could break a branch and it'd be nothing but dead firewood, sawgrass, saw, sawdust, not sawgrass. That's where I live. 
So, but what's happening during the winter is that, that the, the root system and that tree is actually going down. It's actually going down, 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 down. I'm looking for water. And in the process of that, when the spring comes, now the tree grows taller, 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 wider, wider, wider. Why? Why can it do that? Because it has a root system that can sustain the growth and the new growth of that tree. So we can't despise those, those seasons. Every season has a reason. But if the tree said, I don't like the winter, so I'm just going to pick up, I'm going to walk over here, and I'm going to leave my place, it would not continue to grow. Right? I've never seen a tree actually do that, but. So as we close, <clears throat> here's something that I found very interesting as a side note. Adam ate of the apple of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, meaning he ate of the things of the earth, and he became like a natural man. But if we eat of Jesus, who is the tree of life, he is the truth. If we eat of that, what's going to happen is that we're actually eating, not necessarily of the fruit, and he may not have been eating an apple, okay? That's just what, what our storybooks tell us. But, but it was just fruit. But we actually may be, if we'll eat of the tree of life, we're actually eating of the bread, which is the word of God. We're drinking the blood by the, by the power of the spirit. And so that is the place where we will be connected to Christ and we will be immovable in the days to come. You see, it says in 1 Corinthians, Paul said this, it is written that the first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam was a quickening spirit. And these things will cause you internally to come alive. Amen? All right, so let's stand. As, we, as I pray over you, prayer team, would you go ahead and come on up? So really, if you are feeling like that wrestling in your spirit, if you're feeling like that, um, like that right now the enemy is trying to get you out of the place that God has for you, I really want you to come up and get prayer, but I want to pray for you before that. If, there is a, if there's that internal wrestling, like you're feeling like, I just need to, something to start happening. I need movement. But yet God is saying it's not time. It's not time. If you're feeling that wrestling in your spirit, I want you to come up and I want you to get prayer because here's the last thing that we want to see happen. We don't want you to see out, you to get out of the things that God has prepared for you because you don't, you know, you may not be that, 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 that tree has not produced any fruit for me. God, that tree has been sitting there in the winter season, but you don't want to leave that tree on day 364, and then on 365, that fruit comes forth, and you've left the tree, and some guy comes up, and he eats that apple and says, wow, this is a really good apple. We want to stay in that place. We want to stay where God has us and wait on him to do what he loves to do which is to bring about that next season.
So, Father, I do, I just ask you to come and to minister to our spirit mans this morning. Would you release your ministering angels, Lord? Would you strengthen us in our inner man that we can stand in this hour, God, continuing to believe? And I just hear the Holy Spirit again saying, will you believe with me for the things that I've spoken and the things that I've said over your life? Will you choose to believe with me? And so, Father, we do. We have a confession of faith. I have a confession of faith, God. And I just say to you, for me and my house, we declare, I declare, that we will believe with you, God. Even if the whole world and everything looks opposite of what you have spoken, God, I declare that for me and my house, we will worship the Lord and we will stand in the place that you have assigned for us. And we will not abdicate our place on the wall in this hour, God. And so I just pray blessings and power and fruitfulness for you in Jesus' name. Come on up if you need prayer.